Very happy St. Patrick's Day to all of you. Nice to see so much green out there. It's always unfortunate that St. Patrick's Feast Day, March 17th, always falls in the middle of Lent. And every year I'm stuck wearing purple. So one of these years, maybe I'll get bold and do green anyway. My uh, Christmas gift for my parents this year, because I'm cheap, was to get them both a 23andMe genetic testing. I really wanted to find out what my genes were, so I thought I can get a gift for them, get their results, cut them in half, combine them, and then I know what I am. So nice, easy way to find out what you yourself are if you're looking for Christmas gifts next year. And I mentioned that because my parents are both less than 1% Irish, which makes me like 0.5% Irish. I'm 80% Norwegian, in case you're wondering. Hard to believe I'm Catholic, let alone a Catholic priest as Norwegian. Everyone in our readings today, I want to draw our attention to a few things. God has called Abraham, known in the reading as Abram, to be our father in faith. What does that mean? Both the Jews and Christians alike say that Abraham is our father in faith. It means this, that Abraham was chosen by God to be the first person to whom God revealed himself in a personal way. That Abraham, our father in faith, is in fact our father in faith because God chose him in order for God to reveal himself to Abraham in a personal way. But we also know that God promises our father in faith, Abraham. God promises him numerous descendants. Numerous descendants. And the Jews claim today that they are descendants of Abraham because God has made this promise to him. I want to do something a bit different this evening, and I want you to take your missiles, if you will, your missilettes, and turn to page 84. Thanks for being good listeners. Page 84. When you get desperate, you get desperate. Okay, there I am. I want to point out something that's very easy to miss, so easy to miss that somebody had to point it out to me just yesterday. At the top, page 84, you see our first reading from the book of Genesis that we heard in which God does something very special for Abraham. In this first reading, it's important to remember that Abraham and his wife Sarah, to whom God has promised numerous descendants, they're getting old, and they still haven't had any kids. Because Sarah is sterile. She's barren. And it's really hard for Abraham to have a whole bunch of descendants when he can't have any kids. So how in the world will this prophecy, this promise made to our father in faith, be fulfilled? How will it be fulfilled? Well, God takes Abraham outside and he says, look up at the sky and count all the stars. So shall your descendants be. 
Now, for much of my life, when I hear that, I think, okay, God takes Abraham outside under the shadow of night, and they have this kind of stargazing event where Abraham says, oh, okay, yeah, the stars are countless. I'm going to have a countless numbers of descendants because look at all those countless stars. That's how I usually read this reading. Now, look at the second paragraph the last sentence of that paragraph. As the sun was about to set. God did this for Abraham in the middle of the day. It's really hard to see stars in the middle of the day. Abraham didn't see a single star because it's impossible to stargaze in the middle of the day. So God says to him, look at the stars and count them. So shall your descendants be. Abraham couldn't see a thing because it was the middle of the day. He couldn't see them, but he knew they were there. Why? Because he had seen them before. But what God was asking him to do in this moment, everyone, was to exercise what we call the virtue of faith. That although he could not see the stars from his own personal experience of the past, he knew they were there. He knew the stars were there because of the reality of having seen them before. They are unseen but still there. Okay. Now, transition for a second to the gospel. You don't have to look at it. That exercise is over. But now think about the gospel, everyone. What does Jesus do? He takes Peter, James, and John up on a high mountain, and we're told that he is transfigured before them. What does that mean? He reveals his glory to them. He reveals his divine power to them. He reveals his true identity as God's beloved son to them. Why? So that on a good Friday, when they're at Calvary, and this power and glory that they had once seen is gone, that they know it's still there, that the glory is no longer seen, the divine power is no longer seen, but the reality is still there. Why? Because they had experienced it before, just like Abram had experienced seeing stars before. That's why these readings are both there. So let's take it a step further. Why would Jesus have done that? So that on Good Friday at Calvary, when Mary and John, Mary, his mother, and John, the beloved disciple, are standing at the foot of the cross, and they are gazing at Jesus, bloodied and bruised and scourged, they can say, Mary can say, I know who he is. I know that he is God. 
I have seen his divinity. I have seen his power. His true identity has been revealed to me so that they are not scandalized at the death of Jesus because they have experienced him before. So, what about us? Oftentimes, we get discouraged. We say, I want to see. I need to see in order to believe. Faith is what enables us to believe in a reality because we've experienced it before, even that when that reality is no longer seen. But we know it's there because of our past experience like Abraham and Peter and James and John. So for us this evening, I invite us to think of our own experience of God where we knew of his power, where we knew of his reality, where we knew of his true identity as God's beloved son. Maybe it's the birth of a child and we experience the presence of God. Maybe it was a wedding day and we experience the presence of God. Maybe it was some moment of needed conversion where God woke us up in a whole new way. And although we no longer see that reality, we know it's there because we experienced it. And we need to have confidence that God always takes care of us. Even when we don't see it, we exercise the virtue of faith that he takes care of his children. Today and always. May we exercise the virtue of faith and profess our own belief in Jesus' divine power as God's beloved Son.